Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam. Pharmacists to care. And good morning to you. My name is Kathy Kayla, and thank you so much for joining me on this Discam Medical Monday. You know, when I look at our community, um, our community being the Jewish community, I am astounded at how many of us wear glasses. I don't know. I don't know if it's something that you've noticed. Perhaps, uh, you know, now that I've drawn your attention to it, just look around and uh, you'll see that from, you know, children all the way through. I I don't know another community. Maybe it's because we're known as people of the book and that we have so, you know, I don't know, we read, we academics. I don't know. I don't know why so many of us actually wear, uh, wear glasses. But it did start me thinking about eyes, especially uh, as we are coming up to uh, International Glaucoma Awareness Day. I'll give you more details about that. But uh, I thought, let's talk about a condition that apparently everybody is at risk and there are no symptoms to warn you. So uh, we're talking this morning about glaucoma and I've invited into studio ophthalmologist Dr. Sachin Bauer. Thank you very, very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's lovely to have you. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about glaucoma. What is it? What is glaucoma? Glaucoma is a group of uh, diseases that affects the optic nerve uh, of the eye. Um, it generally affects uh, people more over the age of 40 and uh, people with a family history of glaucoma. Often we don't know the cause of glaucoma, um, and uh, most people don't even know that they have glaucoma. So it's, it's, it's a painless disease that causes optic nerve damage. Is it true that it is the leading cause of blindness in the world? It's, uh, it's right up there. It's uh, the second leading cause of blindness in the world. It's irreversible blindness. Um, and um, in South Africa as well, it's a, it's, there's a high risk in our, in our population groups, certain population groups. And um, it is a major burden to the healthcare system. Gosh. Okay, so if it is so is it curable? Can um, we treat it? Glaucoma can be treated. It can be um managed. We can't reverse the damage that glaucoma causes. However, we can prevent progression of um vision loss or vision impairment with uh, regular monitoring and treatment. Um it can be controlled. So it can be slowed down essentially. Yes. It can't, it can't be cured. It can't yes. be just taken away. So you said that it's the second leading cause of blindness in the world. What's the first? I was going to say religion, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 you were going to say the Donald Trump, hey? Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The media would have been my guess. I didn't think about that one before I spoke, but anyway. <laughs> um, the leading cause in the Western world is age-related macular degeneration. Okay. Right, so stats in South Africa not very good. Reversible blindness, we have cataract, which is uh, a leading cause of blindness as well, which is uh, reversible and patients do well. But um, macular ge- degeneration, age-related macular degeneration is uh, probably right up there as a leading cause of blindness in the world. Gosh. And uh, how old, you know, when, how old does that affect people? At what age? Uh, you're talking about age-related macular, macular degeneration. De- yeah. yeah, so uh, normally 55 years and older. Um, the textbooks will say 65 years and older. However, we're seeing it uh, in a much younger population group, and I think it's due to lifestyle and environmental factors. And screen time, maybe. 
Uh, I don't think so screen time, but more just uh, lifestyle. The big risk factors are family history, smoking, uh, and maybe the diet that we're eating, the refined foods and all of that. Okay. All right. So uh, if you've got any questions, any comments, we'd love to hear from you. How do you get in touch? You can send an SMS text, 34519. That's uh, the SMS line. Those SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Alternatively... And here's some cheap alternatives for you. You can send us a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. Got it? 061-895-1019. Or you can email on air at chaifm.com, C-H-A-I-F-M.com. My guest is Dr. Sashin Bauer, B-A-W-A. Uh, he's got a practice at... Uh, Link Linksfield 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 Hospital. Linksfield yeah. Hospital. Uh, he's an ophthalmologist, and we're talking today about glaucoma. Okay, so uh, let's go back to uh, to talking about glaucoma. You said that there are certain um, parts of the population or groups of the population who have more of a pre- predisposition to glaucoma. So who who does it affect? So um, we see it in all population groups, but a higher uh, predisposition in the black African uh, group. They tend to have a more aggressive glaucoma, tend to have it earlier in their life. Um, so um, that's the group that we see it more often in. Okay. I've also noticed that uh, um, a lot of my black friends are very, very light sensitive. Their, light, their eyes either water when they go into the sun or they get terrible headaches. Could the two be related? Oh, that's unrelated. Um, okay. That could be uh, one of many things. Um, could be dry eye. It could be environmental related. Uh, eye sensitivity. They could have other issues causing glare, um, but not specific to glaucoma or to a particular race group. How does what does are there early warning signs of glaucoma? I mean, you did say that there are no symptoms. Yes, but when should you go and get your eyes checked out for glaucoma? Should everybody do it or only certain people? I think the higher risk groups are usually uh, over 40 years of age. So 5% of South Africans over the age of 40 will ha- have glaucoma. Yeah. And because it's painless, it's good for you to go at, at the age of 40 to have a good screen, look at your, have your optic nerve checked, look at the retinas. Um, if you have a family history, if... Um, your parents uh, have glaucoma, then you have a five times risk of getting glaucoma. So it's good for you to then go and have a baseline examination. Uh, if you have a sibling with glaucoma, then you have a seven times higher risk of of developing or having glaucoma. So if you have a family history, either a first degree relative, parent or sibling, um, you know, you should um, have yourself checked. Uh, second degree relatives, lower risk, but uh, genetics plays a, a, a huge role in glaucoma and um, these are the patients that need to be checked also if you've had a previous known trauma to the eye whether it's a sports injury a cricket ball or hockey ball any direct trauma to the eyeball um, years later due to damage to the eye structures uh, one can develop uh, glaucoma related to trauma and that may involve only one eye and that also is a painless condition so if you've had trauma to the eye you need to you know have a have a baseline examination will your optometrist be able to pick it up or do you need to see an ophthalmologist um, 
you you can start off with the optometrist. They are able to screen and uh, do a pressure check and kind of advise you, um, you know, if your pressures are high or if you do have optic nerve um, damage or a suspicion of optic nerve damage. And, um, you know, they would be your first port of call and then they would then guide you uh, to an ophthalmologist. However, if you have um, risk factors, then you can go straight to the ophthalmologist. Okay. All right, if you've got any questions for us about glaucoma, then uh, am I saying it correctly? Is it glaucoma or glaucoma? I think it's glaucoma. Glaucoma, right. So we're talking about glaucoma. It is the second leading cause of blindness in the world. Uh, Actually, you got some stats for us, which we're going to share with you. After after this quick break, but if you want to get in touch with us, then uh, please do three four five one nine. That's the text line. You can also WhatsApp on zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Alternatively, you can email us on air at highfm.com. Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam pharmacist to care and good morning to you thank you so much for joining me my name is kathy kayler and uh, this is in fact the discam medical monday thank you discam my guest this week is dr sashin bauer b-a-w-a and uh, he's an ophthalmologist he's practices at linksfield we're talking about glaucoma or glaucoma it is the number two leading cause of blindness it is incurable um, it can be detected early, but there are no warning signs. So uh, if you haven't been screened, you need to go and get screened. And uh, you should do it either your um, your ophthalmologist or your optometrist would be able to do it. All right. Statistically, how many people in South Africa have glaucoma? Stats South Africa says that um, it's five in 50 people over the age of 40 uh, will have glaucoma. So that is quite a high number. 5.3% of South Africa over the age of 40. 40, yes. Okay, so if there's 52 million South Africans, then then 5 million would be 10%. It's two and a half million. Yes, however... Is that that right? Two and a half million? We'll have to look at uh, the number of people over the age of 40. So that's, that's the, the two and a half million over the age of forty. No, so we, we don't know how many people there are of the age of forty. So fifty-two million is the total population. Okay. So it's probably less than that. However, we've got to look at patients under the age of forty who have glaucoma as well. So there are different types of glaucoma: kids that are born with glaucoma, congenital glaucoma. Uh, we're not sure of the stats of that. Okay. And then there's juvenile glaucoma, uh, young adult onset glaucoma. Okay. And then predominantly it's it's the, over the age of 40 years. Okay. So you've got congenital, juvenile, and then over the age of 40. Okay. Can you take me through the structure of the eye and explain what glaucoma is? Okay. So in glaucoma, there is damage to the optic nerve. The optic nerve is the nerve of the eye that takes um, the image to the brain. And uh, the risk factor, most common risk factor for damage to the optic nerve is a high pressure in the eye. However, patients with normal pressure may also develop 
um, optic nerve damage. So it's not to say that you have a normal pressure, you don't have glaucoma. Uh, you may also have a high pressure and not have glaucoma. Will you feel that pressure? The pressure is often painless. And uh, what happens is there's usually an obstruction to drainage of fluid out the eye. As the eye is producing fluid, it's got to drain out. And there may be an obstruction at an area of the eye called the angle of the eye. Uh, at the angle of the eye, the fluid's got to drain out. The angle may be open, and there could be an obstruction, or the angle could be closed, and that could be an obstruction. Usually, in the open-angle glaucoma, it is painless. That is the most common type. Uh, a closed-angle glaucoma, there's obstruction of fluid going out the eye, and this is often a painful glaucoma. These are the patients who will present with an acute onset, sudden onset of pain, uh, impaired vision, uh, red eye, and uh, this is the acute glaucoma that needs to be managed acutely. Um, however, the open angle is often chronic. It's slowly progressive. It's painless and um, detected rather late. When you say slowly progressive, how slow? Are we talking over a period of years, decades? So it's over the period of years and even decades. It depends. Different people progress differently. So the rate of progression will be assessed by the ophthalmologist by doing special scans. We do tests called visual fields, which analyze the central and peripheral field of your vision. We also have special scans to analyze the optic nerve head. We can assess the thickness of the optic nerve, and then over follow-up period, we can then advise you on, on, the, on the rate of progression. Uh, often, the progression is very slow over many years uh, or even decades before one uh, notices a visual impairment because the central vision is often preserved, whereas the loss of vision starts, or the impairment in vision starts in the periphery. When, is there, when should we be worried about it? I mean, I remember years ago, somebody told me that if you look at a light, and the light's got a halo, that you should go and get checked out for glaucoma. Is that right? No, that's not right. So, you know, many things can cause okay, it's uh, very important, these things. Cause, right. yeah. yeah, there's a lot of myths out there about what is glaucoma, and, you know, glaucoma will cause blindness okay, rapidly. Mythbusters, here yes. we are. <laughs> so, um, you know, rather go to, to see your ophthalmologist and, and let him have a look and, and, and analyze and let him know your symptoms but glare can be due to many things it can be due to a cataract, it can be due to surface issues of the eye other corneal issues it could be due to your spectacles um, you know, so uh, that that is not a glaucoma symptom, glaucoma is often painless, the vision symptoms in glaucoma are also very non-specific often uh, people used to say that uh, you have tunnel vision uh, in glaucoma. Yes, I've heard that as well. Yeah, so you lose so your you lose periphery. Your, yes, I've, yeah. I've heard that. Unfortunately, that is not true. Recent studies have shown that um, most patients with advanced glaucoma don't describe themselves as having tunnel vision. They actually, uh, on, on examination, they found to be uh, having missing field defects in their vision. So certain areas of their vision, visual field is missing. Um, which is, you know, usually detectable by visual field testing. It's not something that they would notice. Um, and um, so, let me understand that. Uh, if if part of my field vision is missing, right, I'd be able to see the periphery for all yes. for all intents and purposes. But I'm looking at you. You sitting at me. You sitting opposite the desk from me. On the table, there is a glass of water. If I 
couldn't see that glass of water. Yes. Say that glass of water is um, about a meter to my right. Yes. You're looking straight at me. You can see me and you think your vision's fine. However, that glass of water is not in your field. However, it's in my field and it is in your assistant field of vision if he's standing in the same spot as you yeah. so you're missing that area in your field and that could be a field defect and that's usually also a painless uh, symptom you wouldn't notice it you would not know that there's a glass there well especially if it's slow yes exactly exactly and unless i consciously put the glass mm. there i wouldn't know that the glass is there so hence they they do this test at your driver's test where they test your peripheral field as well uh, it's very important to make sure you have good peripheral vision for for safety for yourself and others yeah. on the road and um, that's one of the places where you you where you know you initially might be diagnosed because your peripheral field is not good and you fail the peripheral field of vision test as a screening test at the driving uh, license testing center that's interesting and then from there, you'd go to an optometrist or an ophthalmologist. Yes. What's the difference between an opt- optometrist and ophthalmologist? So an optometrist uh, will deal with um, refraction of the eye, meaning spectacle contact lens correction. Yes. Okay. Uh, they also screen diseases of the eye and can manage certain types of um, eye issues, and they can advise you on on certain issues and managing. When it comes to medical and, and surgical interventions of the eye, then you need to see an ophthalmologist. Ah, so do you actually operate? Yes, so ophthalmologists are, are surgeons. We also known as ophthalmic surgeons. Yes, or eye surgeons, the same thing. Uh, so we would do uh, surgery to for um, vision corrective issues or any pathology of the eye. Okay, are you willing to take questions from people who've had corrective surgery? Sure. Okay, if you've had vision corrective surgery, whether it has been cataract removal, whether it's been, you know, that lens replacement thingy that they do, uh, then, and you've got any questions or comments, has it changed your life for the better? You know, um, I do know somebody who, who had the operation and can't drive at night now because there's like a rainbow around all, all the different lights. Any questions, you're welcome to send them through 34519. Let's just jump in the deep end. Let's just do it. Uh, you can also text, as I said, 34519 or 061-895-1019. My name is Kathy Kayla. This is Discam Medical Monday. <coughs> My guest is ophthalmologist Dr. Sashin Bauer. He practices at, uh, at Linksville Clinic. Medical Monday is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Discam. Pharmacist to care. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, this is, in fact, the Discam Medical Monday. My guest is Dr. Sashin Bauer. He's an ophthalmologist. We're talking about glaucoma. I did say that we would open up, um, you know, the lines for any questions that you have regarding any kind of corrective surgery that you've had on your eyes. You know, you can also share your stories. How do you do that? 34519, that's a text line. Alternatively, you can send a WhatsApp message on 061-895-1019. And what's nice about that is you can send us either a text message or you can send us a voice note. And... uh, Go on, and that's on WhatsApp. My guest, as I said, is Dr. Sashin Bauer. He's an ophthalmologist. My name is Kathy Kayla. We're talking about glaucoma. You mentioned that there are three basic different types of glaucoma. You said that there's childhood, there's juvenile, and then there's the 40 plus. Yes. Okay. Childhood, what ages? Okay, so congenital glaucoma 
child is born with glaucoma, a newborn baby, um, and uh, usually that can be diagnosed day one, day two really? uh, with glaucoma. And there's u- certain features where um, the the eye is actually quite large. It's called bophthalmos. The cornea is enlarged because of the high pressure stretching the eye. The eye looks very blue, okay? But it's a large eye, and your pediatrician will pick that up immediately. So it's not to say that if your kid has a blue, or blue eyes, they have glaucoma. This is a specific pathology where um, the cornea gives this bluish hue, and you will notice that the, the eyeball is quite enlarged. So congenital glaucoma usually needs to be treated quite urgently. Uh, these kids um, often do not respond to medical therapy. They require surgery, and a uh, pediatric ophthalmologist or glaucoma surgeon would then do glaucoma surgery uh, for congenital glaucoma, usually one eye at a time, and uh, these kids need to be monitored uh, quite regularly. With uh, early intervention, uh, children can do well. In uh, Do well meaning that they... They're going to retain their sight. Yes, we, they can have some sort of um, visual um, improvement. We we do find with time that the optic nerve damage in a child is actually reversible. We That's can amazing. see clinically, however, not in an adult, but in a kid, we can see reversibility. Well, of because they're still growing, I yes, suppose, and they're still yes. developing. And okay, um, up until okay, so congenital is all children that are born with it. Yeah, so it's usually newborn. And then juvenile glaucoma, these kids uh, tend to have an aggressive form of glaucoma, also painless and um, picked up late. And um, they also um, may not respond well to medical therapy and will require surgery uh, to control the disease. Whereas um, in an adult, um, usually uh, responds quite well to medical therapy. Um, they would be um, using eye drops to control the eye pressure, or if they have a normal pressure glaucoma, they would have an eye drop that is neuroprotective, so that drug would protect the optic nerve. And uh, with regular monitoring, if uh, the glaucoma is controlled, they will, they will stay on that treatment uh, for life. However, if there is progression or deterioration, then uh, the medical management would change. We may add a second agent in terms of the drops. Um, and if not controlled with medical therapy, then we would th- consider surgery as um, a, a last resort. Yeah. And then surgery, there are different types of surgery. we using lasers, uh, we have open surgeries, uh, we insert valves, stents, um, the different types of surgery depending on the type of glaucoma. So like I said before, glaucoma is a group of diseases, so you have open angle, you have closed angle. And then what numerous does that actually mean? So the angle's got to do with the structure of the eye. That's where the fluid drains out of the eye. Okay, So if the angle is open, there could be an obstruction um, at an area called the tabacular meshwork. If you think of a meshwork, um, that's where fluid's got to drain out. Like a sieve. Exactly, and that sieve is blocked. Okay, And fluid cannot get out through the meshwork, and it accumulates in the eye, and that then causes a pressure buildup, which then causes optic nerve damage. Um, So we've got to open up uh, that blockage. So surgery to create uh, a communication between the eye and the outside channels of the eye so that fluid can um, pass through its normal physiological um, channels. Um, And if that fails, we might have to uh, insert a valve in the eye to control the pressure. Uh, In a closed-angle glaucoma or narrow-angle glaucoma, 
Usually, uh, these patients uh, will benefit from, from cataract surgery. Removing the cataract uh, will open up the angle in a vast majority of these patients. Some of them may require a, a laser um, iridotomy, so it's a little laser um, surgery on the peripheral iris to create an opening to allow communication of fluid between the front and the back of the eye, but largely uh, closed angle glaucoma or narrow angle responds to cataract surgery. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, as one gets older, sometimes you get like these little floaters in in your eye. Do you yes. know, I think that yes. they're called floaters. They are called floaters. They're called floaters. Yes. Um, what happens if your eye can't drain those floaters? Is that going to block your optic nerve? Is that glaucoma? No, that's not glaucoma. So the the floaters are due to. But, I mean, could they not cause? Fl- no, okay. they, they won't cause glaucoma. So the, They the won't block your optic nerve? No, they won't. Okay. So the back of the eye is filled with uh, a ball of gel. It's called the vitreous humor. That gel will uh, liquefy with age. Uh, sometimes in short-sighted people, it liquefies earlier in their life. P- patients with trauma can have that gel liquefying. As it liquefies, the gel floats around in a pool of fluid, and that gel then casts a shadow on your eye and that's the floater that one perceives so the floater moves with change in position uh, from lying down to sitting up sometimes you see it all the time sometimes you don't see it sometimes and it goes away yes it eventually completely dissolves in certain cases it persists for quite long and, and patients live with it uh, in very rare cases where the floaters are opaque and they're dark and they, they impair vision or they're chronic and annoying that must be scary uh, then they could have uh, what we call a YAG laser to, to break down the floater or they could have it surgically removed but ideally we, we try and wait for it to settle by itself and res- resolve spontaneously Very interesting Okay, uh, Vanessa wants to know does sleeping or reading on your stomach <coughs> cause pressure in your eye? Thanks Vanessa and you can also send your message on 34519 Good question, actually. These are good questions. So posture does affect the pressure in the eye, uh, specifically reading on your stomach, not known to cause pressure in the eye. However, we do know that certain uh, exercises, so headstands, certain yoga positions where you're standing on your head, they can be a transient uh, pressure rise in the eye. This is not uh, causing glaucoma but we know it, it can increase the pressure in your eyes. not that we don't advise you to do yoga or certain exercise like headstands, but uh, if you may be on treatment for glaucoma or have an aggressive glaucoma and want to make sure your pressures don't spike, then, then these are the exercises we tell you uh, to avoid. Anybody who can do a headstand is leading a pretty healthy lifestyle. I mean, that's just me. You know, exercise. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. <laughs> if you so, can't do it, you don't worry about it. <laughs> exercise is important in glaucoma. Um, a good cardiovascular, uh, healthy body will delay progression of glaucoma if you do have glaucoma. That's interesting. Because your blood flow in the optic nerve is very important in glaucoma. One of the theories of what causes glaucoma is a poor blood flow to the optic nerve. So if you have poor blood supply, like you have poor blood supply in your heart, you'll get a heart attack. If you have poor blood supply in your optic nerve, you'll have progressive uh, optic nerve damage. So smokers and diabetics and patients with hypertension should be well controlled um, to prevent progression of their glaucoma. That's what I wanted to ask you. What research is being done into glaucoma? And are they looking at the relationship between diabetes and glaucoma or um, high blood pressure?